very festive scene. I thought I'd put the Christmas tree in behind all right. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. Hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Vet Space Ireland podcast with your hosts, myself, Michelle McGuire. And I'm Hazel Mullins. And on today's podcast, we have Kathy Enright, who is a vet and also director of Rock Hall Veterinary in Limerick. So she has a lot of wise words. So uh, enjoy the podcast. Hello, Kathy, and welcome to the Vet Space Ireland podcast. How are you? I see a beautiful Christmas tree behind you here on the on the Zoom screen. Yeah, we're feeling very festive down here in Limerick today. It's good. It's gorgeous. I'm very jealous of that Christmas tree. But anyway, our listeners yeah, um, can't see it, but it's very nice. <laughs> I think we're all going out of our way this year to be super festive because the last few years have been a bit shit with COVID. So, yes, I'm really like trying to push all the festivities. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I think um, everybody's feeling it, but everybody's out and about and doing things and then everybody's sick. That's what I mean. Yeah. Everyone is sick. <laughs> I was answering the phones in my own practice today. Like, it's mm. literally... Everyone has a or whatever, and you just suddenly realise all the germs that we were protecting ourselves against while we were protecting ourselves against COVID. Yeah, this is it. We were just too sterile for three years. Yeah, start playing in the mud and uh, yeah. doing all that kind of jazz all over again. Mm, that's uh, yeah. It was uh, it was it's an interesting year now because everyone is just like sick and like some of it's COVID, some of it's not, and it's just you know it's uh, it's it's just good, it's good fun trying to going around. Mm. Um, Kathy, how how did you get into veterinary? And tell us all your about your veterinary journey so far. I know you've got an interesting one to tell us. So yeah, well I. I, like the typical story, I always wanted to be a vet and uh, um, I always refer to myself as a, an animal realist rather than an animal lover. <laughs> I love them. I, I do and I do love them, but I also um, I think I'm very pragmatic and practical about animals. So, um, you know, growing up, we always had horses. We always had we had a donkey. We had... <laughs> The dogs. We never had cats now. My mother didn't like cats, but, um, you know, we always had animals around and I was interested in that. But where we lived in Parteen was kind of bordering the city and the country. So it's always cattle and things like that around. And I was always very interested and intrigued by that, but not even alone from the animal lover side of it. But I was always interested in the business side of it and, you know, the wheeling and the dealing and everything <laughs> went with it as well. So I guess that's what kind of sparked my interest. Um, but if I was still sitting my leaving cert today, I wouldn't have got the 560 points that um, you needed to get into veterinary. So um, I had to find another way around it. Um, so I went and uh, I did marine science in Galway. And oh. at the time I had applied for veterinary in the UK and you needed to get three A's. And I didn't have three A's. I had two A's and a B. So they told me if I went away and got on well in my primary degree, that um, I could come and have an interview. So um, I got calls for an interview in Glasgow and Edinburgh and I got into Edinburgh and um, I was having far too good a time in Galway at the time. <laughs> my by 12 months and did, stayed on to the fourth year honours um, year in Galway. And then I went uh, to Edinburgh the following September. So I came a kind of a convoluted way, I suppose, to veterinary and then obviously it was postgrad. And at the time you had to do the full degree. So I had to do the full five years in Edinburgh and to become a vet. And um, I can only think like it was the best thing that sometimes in life things happen for a reason, because if I'd gone over there as a 17 year old, I absolutely <laughs> can tell you I would have flunked out <laughs> through vet school. I was quite wild. Um, you know, I went to boarding school at 12 for a reason. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, but um, I absolutely loved Galway. Um, loved the life there, my friends there. Um, you know, even when I went to Edinburgh at the beginning, at the time you could fly Edinburgh Air Arran um, into Galway airports on one of those kind of rickety. <laughs> oh, I remember them. Yeah. 
that I used to sneak uh, sneak home nearly every weekend, save up all my money in Edinburgh and sneak. I say sneak home, sneak back to Galway. I wouldn't even tell them <laughs> where I was. Oh my God, it's hilarious. Um, but so I would say that hampered me in settling um, in Edinburgh for a while because I was um, I was quite homesick, even though, mm. you know, I wasn't really a homebird. Like I was gone every summer to America on multiple J1s and, you know, I was gallivanting and I, and I went to boarding school. So I was gone from home full time since I was 12. But um you know, I I think like I probably it would have been better for me if I'd kind of stayed and settled in Edinburgh. So, you know, kind of second year I was like, well, I'm very homesick and I need to do something about it. So at that point I kind of went, okay, I'm going to stay and give Edinburgh a proper go. And I was barely passing my exams and I was kind of like, I need to cop on here. Or, you know, <laughs> the, whole, the whole dream of being a vet is going to go down the toilet for the fun in Galway. Um, so, um, yeah, so I, I knuckled down and I got into it and, you know, really set up a good circle of friends over there. And sure, look, my friends from Galway took every opportunity. They came to see me at least four times a year in Edinburgh. And um, yeah, I went through the vet school journey there and I got a brilliant education from the University of Edinburgh, the Dick Vets, as we're called. We say that proudly. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, became a vet and worked in some practices over there, then came back to UCD, did an equine internship and surgery in UCD. Wow, an equine I did not know that. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to go down the horsey road. I, I really did. I thought it was, you know, like small animal was, and definitely cattle was a bit of an inconvenience to me. Like during yeah. college, I just thought I'm, I'm going to be a horse and I'm going to be operating on colics. That's that's um the way I want Michelle's to ears are picking up here now. She's like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about. Yeah, <laughs> all I wanted to do. So I did uh, an internship in UCD and I kind of hit UCD at a time when they were transitioning a lot. So Paddy Pollock was finishing up. So I had a couple of months with him before he went to Glasgow. And then I was without a surgeon for a little while um, there. And I was with Sue Doherty. And uh, I can never think of Carter's surname. And now that I'm going to say it again, I'm like, Jeannie Mac, what's the surname? But his name has left me. But he was brilliant to me. And she was brilliant to me while I was in UCD. And Owen Ryan was there. And he was great. And at the time, and I, I'm not sure if it's still the same, but the equine and the capital kind of department were one. So um, Owen would have looked after me very much as well. And um, then um, Peter Rama came in. And um, so my in, my 12 month internship got extended to 18 months. That was hugely challenging for me because I was um, barely out the door and barely knew what I was doing. And I was there with a lot of students and I really kind of felt like I don't know that much more than them. And I was trying to kind of, I suppose, um, look after them in the kind of time with with Sue and and Connor and um you know kind of taking them for tutorials about stuff that I was like I don't even know if I know this <laughs> um, so um it was it was challenging I, I would say um but then when the kind of structure was put in and it was extended then by that six months I came out with a very good um grounding and I kind of came out into general practice um in Galway then where I, I was, you know, what I thought was pretty confident, you know. Um, sure, you're always confident until you get the few knocks. And then, you know, you have to kind of be, pick yourself up and build yourself back up again. So, yeah. So my journey then took me to Gort in Galway. Uh, probably ended up there for love, really. Followed a man. Oh. <laughs> and yes, yes. For uh, good a reason, is any. Yeah, yeah. So he was... Uh, <laughs> My now husband. So it worked out Oh, that, that worked. That was a plan well worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he was in the army and he got transferred um to Galway while I was finishing up my internship and I followed him basically to Galway and uh was working Got it, I'm sure, to go back to Galway. You were probably like, Oh <laughs> Galway. <laughs> it was I don't know this place very well at all. <laughs> it was very different when I went back because you know, well, a lot of my friends were gone and, and like kind of we were working with money. We never had money when we were students. Yeah. Um, but so it was different. Yeah, it was different. Um, I, I loved it. Um, working mixed practice and for me working with cattle because the job that I took at the time was, you know, proper mixed practice. 
cattle, horses and small animals. And um, when I first started there, it was like, you know, I was out doing the C-sections and one and three rota. And yeah, it was it was a bit of a baptism of fire for me, like going up into the the hills, uh, you know, there at like two or three o'clock in the morning, calving cows in fields that had more rock than grass. Um, and, but um, I got a really good grounding there from the lads. They were, you know, great um, to work for and they had a really good team around them as well. So yeah, so I stayed with them for four and a half years. I when I was with them, I really started to branch into the equine small animal and then even more into the small animal. And um I suppose that's where my grow for small animal came because I suddenly realized actually I thought it was equine surgery that I loved, but I just realized it was surgery that I loved. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um mm-hmm. so then I made the move out of um small animal practice um into small animal practice um and I locumed for a while and a friend of mine had set up a practice in Barna and she was looking for some help for a few weeks and sure she taught me everything I knew I had a kind of a six-week crash course in what I didn't know from the guys in Gort um about 100% small animal practice and um yeah like then worked with her for a while, locumed for a while. And then she put me in contact with Charles Cosgrove and sure look, the rest is history. I went and worked with him then in Village Vets, which was a real baptism of fire um, up there. And he really took me under his wing and um, kind of started there as a locum and then went to one of their part-time GP roles and then was helping him and Julianne um, with kind of a dual kind of management role. And I hold him totally responsible for how I ended up then buying my own practice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. was that the beginning then of thinking, right, you know what, I'm actually gonna do this, I'm gonna yeah, well, my I, own practice. At the time I thought I would stay in Dublin forever and continue working for Charles. Um I had a really good uh, a really good setup and um really good experiences there and uh, like it was busy and um there was, you know some pressure but it was nothing that I kind of didn't think I could handle um but I got married and I had children and I had two in kind of quick succession um planned and now I think oh my god what was wrong with me I don't know <laughs> like there's 14 months between them and I thought this is a great idea I thought like if I don't do this quick I'm gonna think about it and I'll never have another child and I was now I look back and was like oh my god what was I doing um but, yes I thought it was a good idea. We we all grew up like steps of stairs in my family and I thought it was lovely. And I thought, like I fully thought I'd have four or five children, but by the time I got to number two, I thought, oh my God, no. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> It's a foot ladder. Not yeah. A... <laughs> very, yeah, very, uh, not even a three-step, a two-step. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how my mom did it. Um, and um I, I went back working part-time for Charles with say in between the two kids. And um, then I just suppose at that point we were living in Dublin and I home was Limerick and home for my husband happened to be Limerick um, as well. So I just kind of felt like, God, I don't think I can be a full-time stay-at-home mom, which um, was so hard for me to admit and not feel guilty about it. Um, yeah, if I'm honest, like, you know, I found that really, really hard um, to accept about myself. I felt like it was a real feeling um, that um, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't be at home. And um, I realized very quickly then when I did go back to work that actually I was a much better mom for it. Mm-hmm. They were much yeah. better off because um, I was much better able to to deal with it but I suppose at the time with the jobs that I was advertised that were being advertised and I was going for nothing was really giving me kind of work-life balance that I wanted yeah. my sister um was kind of looking for something that was going to give her that and like at the time you know that that just wasn't there um mm. so I got the brainwave then that you know the only the only thing we can do is um set up ourselves and do it our own way and yeah. like, that's how we started talking about rock hall and that's how we kind of begin wow 
Wow. Yeah, that's a great story. And we haven't even started on the Rock Hall story, but that's, you know, some journey to get to that point. And it's amazing what life experiences brought you to that as well. And yeah, yeah. and as, you know, a fellow female vet as well, it's, it is, it's difficult to, um, I don't know, well, like, I don't have children yet, but I can imagine, hopefully someday I will. And like, it is, it's difficult to find a job that does fit around your yeah. your life and like that as well so it's, yeah. yeah and there's so much more flexibility now even do you know but there like, is yeah oh yeah I mean, like, I mean there definitely wasn't even mm. for COVID yeah uh, absolutely I mean I look now and you know I definitely think what we're trying to do and I see other practices trying to do and maybe some that have led the way that we're looking at and going yeah we need to be copying what they're trying to do um, um because um I mean I suppose I just knew I had to find a way to go to work and really thought the only way that um, we're going to do be able to do it was to work for ourselves and um, like one of the big motivators like of you know setting up Rock Hall was like there's got to be a better way of making this work for um, you know women with families and um, at the time there was so much so many women in the profession and it was becoming more and more female dom- dominated you know that you kind of felt like if we don't start thinking about this we're going to run into trouble and I think we're starting to run into trouble even though yeah. we're thinking about it you know mm-hmm. um, but for me as well because it was a second degree I was a lot older you know and I I was a lot older by the time I got my degree and like certainly when you first qualify you are just so focused on getting that first kind of three years and you know getting all your competencies up and you know being this competent vet before you can even consider like taking a break to whether it's travel or have a family or whatever it might be um so like I wouldn't say like the clock was ticking like I was like a basket case or anything but I was aware that I am Mm. I'm not coming out at 21 you know I was coming out at 26 and you know um um you know that that, you know if you wanted to have a family and you wanted to not kind of run into any age-related problems and if you wanted to have um a business and you wanted it to work for you and for your family choices that you needed to start thinking about it I suppose so that's where rock all I suppose came from very so, wise thoughts even yeah and where, was, and where was your first practice then Kathy where did it all begin I think we hit Limerick at a time that was uh kind of it was good luck I suppose and it was ideal of- I'm gonna say ideal. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would say it was ideal because at the time when we hit Limerick there was an advertisement for a practice for sale and um, I actually was convinced it was John O'Dwyer's practice but when I p- picked up the phone and rang um, it was Vincent Ireton and Vincent had had a practice in Clare Street in Limerick and a very small branch practice in Shannon and he wanted to retire and we wanted to get in. And at the time, we thought this, you know, practice will suit us down to the ground. Um, no disservice to Vincent, but it needed modernising. And, um, you know, um, it had been very much just him and a part-time veterinary nurse um, that was there. And, you know, we had very different ideas. But, like, I suppose he was coming to the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Myself and Chandler at the start of ours. So, you know, um, so we literally did, you know, bought from bought from him and he was happy to have found somebody to sell and um you know we set about um you know opening the practice and we opened it as was um at the time like which had a fireplace and everything in the waiting room it was very oh. it, was, it was cute and mm. um um you know we went through then the whole kind of planning permission and all of the jazz that goes with that then to kind of convert it into a small um, but very kind of practical space that allowed it to be kind of a more, I don't want to say better functioning, but modern um, functioning practice. Um, so that's where we started. We didn't even open um, Shannon at that time. We were just solely focused on, um, you know, fixing up Clare Street. And um, that was going very well. Um, it's just myself and and Michelle, and um, like Michelle was learning on the ground how to, um, you know, 
turn up the anesthetic machine, turn down the anesthetic machine. <laughs> um, and um, as we were getting busier, we very quickly were like, we, we need to get a nurse. And then we had a premises out in Shannon that was just kind of stagnating. And I said, we need to put out there and hire um, uh, a vet and get the two practices open. Um, so that's what we did. We were very lucky. We got an excellent nurse who, you know, Rockall wouldn't even be what it is today without her. And um, uh, we had a, we got an excellent vet that came on board with me. And and basically the four of us just worked together for the first two years practically in Rockall. And then we took on a part-time nurse and um, we kept Shannon and Clare Street open. And um, yeah, they're the original two then, you know. Um, so fair great, great job on them though, Kathy. Like I remember it's a long time ago now seeing Shannon and Rockall when you first like did them up, I suppose. When I was yes, working yes. for Decker and there were, I mean, I think you were being a bit um, modest there when you said, ah, oh, they're, I won't say they're functional. I mean, they were very well designed and you used the space really well, you know, for the space you had, like it was very well planned out. So yeah, and the branding looks great. We eked I out love the branding. Yeah. The branding is cute. We, we have lots of arguments over the branding because no, we, we, love had, it. we had done two or three different designs with the graphic designer in Limerick Little Blue Studio and um, you know she had come up from we filled in all our personality type and you know we put together our mission statement and you know we put together like a you know she had like a, a questionnaire with to get a feel for you know um, what this you know brand that represents us should be but like anyone who knows myself and Michelle knows we are absolutely opposites you know <laughs> Um, most so sisters are yeah and on the one hand she had this really kind of what I would call cute um, logo which is now the Rocco logo and probably more representative of Michelle and then this real kind of one, another one. <laughs> that's definitely me um, uh, but when we took a vote with all our friends our family everybody loved that one mm. um, the cute little bunny tail being the kind of cross everybody loves yeah. that um, yeah, so no, it's very clever. Yeah, we went we went with that. Um yeah. So um you know I always use it as an example of good branding. <laughs> it uses it. Does. Yeah. I always say, look at Rock Hall now. Look at their branding. <laughs> we we did a lot of trips and slips with that, I would say, at the beginning, because um we very much wanted to be a part of the community and keep it local. So yeah. even though we had our Rock Hall veterinary brand, brand, we actually started off calling the clinics, you know, Clare Street Vets. Yeah. So, and then underneath Rock Hall Veterinary. And then we, you know, then had obviously Shannon Vets. And then we realized that this is not, this is every marketeer's nightmare because mm. whilst it's keeping it local, it's not reinforcing the name. Yeah. So um, any of our uh, marketeer friends that we went to were like, no, they all need to be Rocco Vets, Rocco Vets that. So like I'd say about 18 months in, we went, oh, let's re rejig it now before yeah. you have three or four practices and you're changing the signing on a lot yeah. of practices. Mm -hmm. So um, with, we changed then when we, we went into negotiations then with John O'Dwyer for Henry Street. And just coincidentally, um, uh, I got talking to Wesley Power and he was telling me that he was gone from practice and like, and I was like, and who, who's got, who's looking after your practice? And like, well, I'm still, and I just, and I could see Michelle going, oh my God, get her away from him. <laughs> this person about, you know, potentially buying theirs and look at her. She's like off already onto the next thing because I'm, I'm really project driven. Mm -hmm. um, so um yeah so she was like well first things first anyway better change the signage <laughs> because by the end of this uh meeting she'll um have be trying to seal the deal on two practices um so yeah they slag us a lot at work because they say like Michelle is always like the one trying to hold hold the the reins or the purse strings to keep me under control you know um, <laughs> I love it yeah that's good you need um you need someone who's going to, you, you, I think that's a good balance. I think you probably yeah, have yeah, a really yeah, good balance. Yeah. Yeah. And in every way in her personality, I'm very highly strong. She's very calm. Um, She doesn't like that they refer to her as the, the dark horse. <laughs> one to watch. Kind of, oh. 
you know, if, if there's an issue with me, I'll come right out and say it. And then I'll walk away and it's over. Yeah. Um, Michelle will be very quiet and can hold it. And uh, I wouldn't say she holds it against you, but she'll be the one that will pick it out in the moment. Like she does it to me. She'll pick it out in the moment and go, well, do you remember that time two years ago? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, on no, September no. 12th <laughs> at three o'clock when you exactly. said to me. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, no, I don't. Because no, I, said, I don't. And I moved on from it. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's yeah. a real sister thing, though, as well. Like, my sister would be like that as well. We'd be quite opposites, you know, in, in a similar way, probably. Yeah, and it's it's been challenging working together. And because there's a bit of an age gap, I, I tell everybody it's two years, but, like, it's six. And <laughs> we fall straight into older sister mode. And, um, you know, she, you know, gets into the frustrated kind of, you're not listening to me because you're treating me like your baby sister, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, we've kind of got over that challenge by very clear, clear divine, clearly defined roles in the, in the company about who, who looks after what. And, um, and then I have the final say. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, if you're listening to this, <laughs> take note. <laughs> Oh, and, and what? So, where are we now with Rock Hall? What's the current situation so, with practices? And- yeah, so we're kind of seven practices operating out of six locations. Wow, amazing! Um, mm. um with Limerick Night Vets, kind of almost a similar model to the Vets Now model, where mm. they're take over at a certain time of the evening and um operate out of the same building, but they're two kind of separate clinics and okay. we have our night team and our day team um and there is a little bit of overlap i suppose at the weekends because we have the day team but technically it's the same rock all day team become one o'clock on a saturday they're limerick night bets but they finish at eight so at night it's two completely separate teams from 8 p.m every evening until 8 a.m in the morning to what's during the day and the night team work nights and the day team work days um and I suppose we try and get people that those hours suit them. And mm-hmm. I suppose that's how we've managed to make that work. And and, and it's um it's getting there. It's two years kind of open. One, no, it's one year open since September. And um it's been a slow burner. Um, but um yeah, we're happy with it. We're getting there, we're happy with our team and we're happy with our service level um but i i think our patient care has gone through the roof um just to have teams on site day and night um and the standard of care that they're getting up to kind of you know um referral hospital like advanced imaging level we're doing all in-house um so our patient care is brilliant like our our pain management um um you know just patients that need to be turned and um you know even need to be catheterized and you know, the intensive um, patients that you can have. Um, it's brilliant. So we're very happy with that. I think that's really contributed to how happy my team are um, in their work. And then the other thing is obviously to have people who want to work days doing days, not being on call. So yeah. I think that was massive for our team. And it was part of the reason why we, we went with um, opening Limerick Night Parts. Um, I know for me, the nights were becoming more and more challenging. Um, with two kids and balancing it and I could see you know all the vets coming up behind, behind me all of them having the exact same challenges and then I could see that there was one or two of my vets that were you know I wouldn't say they're not people person they're not a people person because they still have to be very good with people when they're doing nights but maybe their forte is around the patient care and um, you know you know, it suited them to mm. work in an emergency situation where you need to think fast and you're not worried about like building the relationships. You yeah. are just worried about looking after the customer and the animal in that moment right there and then when they're front of you. And you're not constantly thinking about, you know, how do I build and bond with this, um, you know, client? And a lot of them found that stressful. So... I suppose when I was looking at how how do we try and achieve like the things that we set out in our mission and our values at the very beginning in Rockall and, you know, how do I kind of honor the team side to that where I've said, like, I don't um, 
you know, want to kind of do the same and and burn people out and overwork people and not support them and put them on nights and weekends. I didn't want it myself. So how could I kind of expect other people to do it? So I suppose then we took the bullet, we bit the bullet and just said like this, this is what we need to do to make it better. It didn't make the most financial sense. Um, at the uh, time. At the time, yeah. yeah. But um, I just felt like a change needed to come and I couldn't be kind of talking about change needing to happen and not actually doing anything to try and change it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So we rolled it out over the weekends first and it was going a bomb over the weekends then we put it into nights and I would say that that was slower we always took a kind of three to five year view on it and I would say it's been the most challenging and hardest thing of all of the rock hall kind of Limerick Nightfest journey it definitely has been the more most challenging but I, I feel really upbeat about it like I really think it's gaining momentum and I think 2023 now would be here you know um, with a lot more practices signing up as well because Perfect. to make Brilliant. really work, you have to have football. So yeah. we get there. Um, and then that also keeps the night team happy um, because they're busy and they're using their skills and they're doing the kind of work that they want to be doing. You know, they don't want to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. They want to be dealing with the GDB and the C-section and whatever uh, kind of exciting, thrilling things. And then they want it to be calm. They're real kind of ad- adrenaline junkies of the vet world. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, it allows our more zen and relaxed day to, day to be in a more relaxed environment um like they'll often compare like henry street and limerick night that's you know the madhouse of an, an a human emergency ward and then they'll say and then there's monoline uh, <laughs> and they call monoline the durham ward Grey's uh, <laughs> um, anatomy and um, in the episode where they all walk into the durham ward and there's music and there's <laughs> water fountains and there's oh, water. I remember that yeah and so anyone who goes out to the Moulin is like oh my god this is like the germ ward in Grey's Anatomy <laughs> so calm and collected oh, yeah well, I, I think that's a really personalities in the clinics so yeah. it suits as in the clinic personality yeah, yeah. It suits different personalities of people so you kind of feel like they're they're all very different clinics you know and mm. um, there's the people that walk into one and go I love it here I never want to leave where they go god I couldn't work down there you know <laughs> you hear it all the time about Henry Street I couldn't work up there oh my god <laughs> it's mad and then and then some people thrive there so it's yeah it is very much yeah. suiting the vet to the to the different um clinics yeah, yeah. and I am and Kathy I, I I met you over in the London vet show actually and the, remember we were in we were in a talk and it was the new grads, they were talking about how not every job is made for, like not every new job, fit, not every new vet fits a new job and that some vets are just not suited to some jobs, whereas another young vet might be suited to another job. And just because of the job there doesn't mean it's for them. And I thought that was a very interesting, and that kind of kind of ties in what you're, you were kind of saying there about different personalities and Absolutely. things like that, yeah. Yeah, and, and we've got it wrong you know, sometimes where we've kind of placed somebody in a position um, where we thought they would be the right fit and kind of lo- looked at it then and realized, oh, my God, no, like, you know, um, it's, 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 you know, it's, you know, I w- would say it, it's stress or mm. you know, I would say some people thrive on on stress that's motivating. Mm-hmm. When stress becomes kind of you know, anxiety and driving other things, um, as opposed to um motivating, you know, you you have to go, you know, there's there, you know, we've got this wrong. Um, and I suppose we're lucky in that regard then because we do have the flexibility of moving people if we if yeah. um if we feel like we've placed mis you know, misplaced somebody or misjudged a situation, you know, and mm-hmm. we do have a good bit of flexibility then within the company. And sometimes we can do that immediately. Um, and then sometimes we're saying, look, hang in there. We know, you know, there's a position that's going to come or coming down the line and it's going to work for you and, you know, um, tailoring it, you know. And sometimes vets have come in to us, like we've we've had a vet come in who was doing days, loved the idea of nights and like literally three, four months into nights was just like, it's just it's not agreeing with me. Yeah. Um, I thought I, I would be able to, 
do the transition. I thought I would love it. And and then we just said, okay, well, look, let's all take a stand back here and let's not panic and let's see what we can do. And, you know, now she's one of our day vets. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we do try and get it right, but like like anything, um, we make we make the mistakes as well and sometimes mm-hmm. figure it out the hard way. Trial and error. Yeah, yeah. And I've lost good people for it, you know, and you kind of see sometimes people walking out the door and you're 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 stuck in your crawl, like because you kind of say, you know, it's a business and everything, but it's it's when it's when it's your own, it's very personal. Yeah. And it's even more personal as well if you feel like oh, I've lost a good one. I should have done more. Why didn't I do more? Or, you know, why couldn't I do more? You know, yeah. and there are other people then you say, look, I, I couldn't have done any more. Yeah. Um, so I suppose it depends on why you've ended up at that at that point, you know. When we were talking about new grads there, Kathy, is there anything that you particularly, words of wisdom for any new graduate or recent graduates out there that you can, that you wish you knew as a new grad? <laughs> I, I I think for me, the big thing that I wish is that I spent more time with um, vets out in practice because, you know, I definitely did, like I, there was one point in my career and it is that kind of three year, four year mark where I did think about leaving. You know, um, I, I, I did kind of go, gosh, like nothing prepared me for how hard this is. You know, um, I do think some of that was just pure exhaustion, you know, when you're doing kind of nine to seven, you know, and then you're going into a night on call and then you're back in at nine. And I, I just think that the, the, we have to change as a profession. Um, I just don't think that that is sustainable. And, you know, we heard it there at that talk at London Vetro, the new grads, they don't want to do it. And, you know, you can say they're soft or, you know, that they're like snowflake generation and everything. But then I also go, do you know what? They're dead right <laughs> as well. You know, yeah. um, like who wants to do that? Nobody. Um, yeah. I suppose it is about getting a realistic view of what the job is. Um, it's part of the reason why I'm involved with the new, the kind of, promoting of the of trying to get a new vet scheme as well because I do think that um you know we have to kind of start uh, as a profession pulling together and changing things to make it better for the people coming behind us and this kind of attitude of you know I'm real hard if I'm doing you know 48 hours in a row or whatever it might be I think it's it's gone it's a thing of the past but I do think the new graduates do need to understand what industry that they're getting into. And I yeah. do think that, you know, just because you have the 610 points or whatever, uh, doesn't necessarily mean you should come into this uh, profession because it's 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 a really challenging profession. Um, and um, it'll challenge every, you know, skill and every, you know, whether it's communication, you know, surgical, mental, physical, you know, it's 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 um a job that really is um you know it it taxes you in every way. You know, it's emotionally taxing and physically taxing in every way. Um so I, I think they really do need to get proper exposure to that so that they know um what what's what it really is like. Um, and I think there's a little bit of a disconnect in the way we're trained and the way real practice is. So it's about understanding that. And I do think, you know, that they need to be very, um, you know, picky about who they go and work for and the conditions that they accept. Um, but mm-hmm. I also think they need to be realistic. You know, there was one of the girls saying at that talk in London Vet Show, well, if you have a vet coming to you and she wants to work from, 10 till 3 well you know let her work from 10 till 3 and I was like hang on we all want to work from 10 to 3 you know that's not possible mm-hmm. so it is also about being realistic about the job and yeah. um, you know getting that exposure so you do really know what you're getting yourself into and mm-hmm. being really self-aware I think is really important um, about being able to manage yourself personally and um you know, knowing your own limitations. So spending some time working on yourself and understanding yeah. yourself and self-care, 
I think is really important for new graduates as well. Um, and know. that's the key to building resilience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so taking the time to, you know, look after yourself, you know, to realize you're the most important thing in, in it mm. um, and that everything is secondary to that. And now we're on the topic of self-care and, and mind <laughs> yourself. Kathy, what do you do um, outside of the, the Rock Hall empire to for downtime? So I definitely in my youth uh, would have been bad at this. I've gotten better at it mm -hmm. um, um, in the last kind of two to three years. And, and largely because I had to, because I was, you know, I was eating, sleeping, uh, drinking um, Rock Hall and mm. everything about it um for the first kind of two to three years and i just kind of realized it's not sustainable um so now what do i do well obviously i have two very young kids so they keep keep me busy and my husband and um but if i'm trying to decompress I, I i like to go away um so i like to go away i like walking i like um swimming i love sea swimming um and for me it's walking earphones in if I'm on on my own um mm -hmm. some time in my own head um I've tried like meditation I've tried yoga I've tried all of it I just have like a too busy mind for it because I just can never switch it off enough um, yeah. yeah I hear you <laughs> I know what that's like <laughs> and, um but certainly like for me going out for a big hike going out for I like I, I love swimming um mm. Um, but I could do with doing a bit more of it. Um, but I'm very good with the the kind of management team I have now. Is one of them in particular. Like she'll book me, she'll book to go for like a pedicure or a manicure or whatever. Nice once a month, and she drags me. That's so, excellent. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you need somebody to help you with the self care. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Big foodie as well. So you know to go away. And you know, have nice food, nice wine. You know, so myself and my husband try and do that, um, and myself and my my girlfriends try and do that. Um, that's like my perfect weekend. You know? Absolutely, yeah. So we're at the stage now, Kathy. Have you any funny stories for us that you can tell us to give everyone a bit of a? Like I have, I have the usual stories. Like, can you shovel my bitch and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> Now in the early days in Clare Street, and you know, at one 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 picture, asked me, "Will will will I shovel his bitch for him?" And I was like, "Sorry." And then I I went shovel spade. Oh oh spade. Oh, spade. <laughs> I didn't get it at first. I was like, yeah. I haven't a notion. I've had oh that. God. I've had three incidences of um, clients trying to pay me with their medical card and trying to explain to them, "No, oh God, covers you," and then they're like. What do you mean? I don't pay for yeah. my own medical care. What do you mean I have to pay for my dog? Um, oh listen, we've had we've had we've had everything. Um the one thing I like I, I I'm trying to think like there's probably so many I can't think of them right now. Usually it involves a farmer in a mountain somewhere in oh, maybe in Connemara. <laughs> oh, I've had that up in the hills uh, uh there at the back of Cor um Gort where I three o'clock in the morning was called out to a c-section my husband came with me actually it wasn't a c-section now I think about it it was a downer cow and mm. uh I got up there and this uh farmer came out to me and he said I'm the brother and he's the younger brother and I went oh hi nice to meet you <laughs> Kathy and I, you know first uh female vet in Gort so they all called me the lady vet Lady vet, yeah. What is the lady vet we have tonight? And I was like, What is the yeah, the lady vet? And my husband actually used to come out back then on a couple of calls with me, um, sometimes at night. And um, this was up in the hills in Kilinena, and I was out in the middle of nowhere, and the cow was literally down in a field that was rock, not grass. And uh, he said to me, She's across the field over there now, and you don't mind if I don't go with you. And I said, oh, no, I'll go across on my own there. I can have the torch. I said, will I be able to drive Jeep up there? And he said, oh, no, you'll never get the Jeep up there. <laughs> said, 
I'm too old to go over there. And I was like, oh, okay. And and he said, I'm 90. And I no, he said, I'm 92. And the younger fella is 90. And I just was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> boys, like, you know, up there. But we all have stories like that. Mm. The lady vet. Absolutely. The lady vet from Gort. Yeah, that's the, the, lady vet. Oh, the lady vet from Gort. How are you? How are you? Yeah. Oh, put that on a t-shirt. I was the lady vet from court. I know. And I, I like. Or sash. That'd be nice. Yeah, I have so many kind of stories like that where, because they hadn't had a, a female vet before, like I'd go out and calve a cow and I'd go, "You got it out. Well done." Mm-hmm. Like in the it's pure shock. I underestimated you. Mm-hmm. And I had one one man that went to me like, "Yeah, oh, you're only about ten minutes longer than Liam." Like, not bad. Liam was my boss. <laughs> Time, you know, mm-hmm. um, but timing uh, you, yeah, timing me, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, that much slower, but so like we've loads of stories, like you know, but Isn't I, you I can't tell some of them. <laughs> I've a lot of my stories are are Kerry based stories. Um, it was an interesting place to work, yeah. So it's uh, yeah. yeah. I wish I, I really, really, I always say it. I really, really wish I took a diary because there's, there was just a lot, yeah, of stories. Yeah, and I have loads from that time <clears throat> that I, you know, you'd love to put down. I've loads from Limerick as well. Um, mm. small animal stories where, um, I probably can't tell them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> would it give Limerick a bad name? Would it? I, I don't know. <laughs> we Limerick's a, a like I, I'm proud Limerick woman. Well, technically, I'm a Clare woman though. Because I oh. am in party partine, which is about a, about a half a kilometre over the Clare border. <laughs> but both my parents are um, um, Limerick and we were kind of brought up Limerick. And because of where we are, Limerick City would be where we've yeah. gone for everything rather than um, into um, Ennis, you know. But, um, but, but technically I'm a Clare woman. But yeah, lots of... Um, interesting stories that I'll tell you over a pint or something rather than <laughs> do, 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 do. oh there's going to be lots of disappointed podcasts <laughs> to get all the good stories yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah like it's it's been it's been fun like it's been a fun um, career and I'm I suppose this year because like we've come out, out of a really hard two years in the profession but I really feel this year I'm really I'm so positive about next year you know, I yeah. really kind of feel like um, it's going to be hard. I think like, you know, our clients won't necessarily have a lot of money to spend. And, you know, there's obviously a cost of living crisis and everything. But I do feel like then on the other hand, then incredibly positive because I feel like there's a massive kind of change coming as well. And, you know, being involved in that group with you, Hazel, as well, about mm-hmm. and everything to see how as a profession we can pull together. Yeah. You know? Because for a while, I kind of had this idea, you know, that, um, you know, we'll be kind of working uh, solo on anything um, that we can't pull together. Um, but then I suppose, you know, Ian Fleming and Jimmy Quinn pulling that whole group together mm. and, and the amount of collaboration on the vet school, but on other things as well. Like, yeah, you know, no, like we actually can. Like it's made me so positive again about the profession and that there are kind of you know, I'm not, I'm not saying a vet school is going to fix all the problems in veterinary, mm. but, you know, it's a one step. And then, you know, you hope then that that creates like the domino effect or the snowball effect where, you know, um, there can be a bit of momentum. But I suppose I could see then how vets can really pull together as well. Yeah, it's been a great experience. And Kathy, yeah. it's been a pleasure to get to know you um, a bit better as well through the whole working group. And yeah. I think... Um, we're an eclectic group of people. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's interesting how we come from all different backgrounds and all different aspects, and how we all have the one goal at the end of the at the end of the day. So it's, this is um, the, your yeah. your working group for the vet school. The vet school, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we just showed me that we can we can actually mm. come together, and they've like achieved. The group has achieved a lot, um, yeah. and like that's just made me feel hugely positive about the profession because I felt sometimes you can get siloed and kind of patch protecting you know yeah. the expression would be you know patch protecting and um as well because i didn't train in ucd so i didn't i didn't know anybody mm-hmm. yeah you didn't I have that familiar. network of classmates yeah um, yeah yeah absolutely and it's very different than practice in the uk it's been very different coming home it was challenging coming home 
um, and practicing at home. But um, I suppose now I, I, you know, feel like very positive about you yeah. know everything is coming and you know it's very exciting I think we were saying that Hazel weren't we one time about I suppose we probably are lucky Hazel and I because we do this that we meet particular types of people as well you know like mm. with vet success and that and sometimes you might meet a person then who brings you back down to reality and you're like oh my god it's not all really positive people the same as us yes because yeah. sometimes we just are surrounded with the same you know like all the people that came to vet success we're very lucky very like-minded to haze and i we want to be and even on our instagram and people that have volunteered to come on and do lives and do this and do yeah. that like and just the interaction we got you know when we first started and no it's it's yeah sometimes you get brought down to earth a little bit but it actually sometimes overall sometimes we're living in a bubble we're like it's also yeah. positive and veterinary's moving in the right way. And then we get a bit of a shock. And we're like, hmm, I'm, they're I'm not our people. <laughs> then we get back up and we keep going. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's, it's yeah. really important. I mean, I mean, what you're doing is really important. Um, I think I said it to you at the conference as well. I kind of went up there kind of going, oh, I don't know much about it. And let's go up and have a look and let's check it out. And then we ended up mm. staying the second day. <laughs> it's great. Like, it's so positive. It was it's exactly what veterinary needs like you know it needs a bit of a shake-up everything does need a shake-up mm. yeah you don't shake it up it becomes very stagnant and you know um i i think this is where you know women are better than men in the sense that like we can um shake it up a bit and um um uh, <laughs> you know bring in a different slant and 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 that um and i, I like i'm able to say that because i'm a woman and i'm <laughs> You know, we, we might be getting the gender balance, you know, right mm. in the sense that it wasn't good when it was so many uh, men. And, you know, you can look now and go, is it good if it's so many women? Um, I, I I think balance is really important, you know. Um, but I think as well as that, like be having the right people actually is probably what's most important if they're, yeah. if they're open minded and um, like you said, willing to shake it up and change it up and 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 kind of come together to kind of achieve things and I think for a while I thought oh, it's never going to happen and I was feeling a bit oh, low about it but no I'm really positive now again about yeah 2023 will be a great year yeah yes. and thank you Kathy for all your support of vet success and vet space and you know thank you so much and I feel like we've really gained a friend this year um in you and you know it's 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 been fantastic to have you on the podcast and thank you for all your words of wisdom and you know we'll see you around <laughs> and we'll we'll have that pint and get those stories from Definitely. you <laughs> Definitely. thanks so much thank you for listening to the vet space ireland podcast to find out more go to vetspaceireland.ie and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on apple itunes and don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and also Twitter and give us a like and tag us uh, while you're listening to the podcast.